And as they ran tests on my mother, when the doctor came in with the results, he told my mother that he found a spot on her lung and she would have to go home with a breathing machine. So we moved my mother in with us and she wanted to be upstairs. So we gave her a Tamara bedroom upstairs and we put a lot of pictures, a lot, a lot of pictures on the wall and fixed it real nice because my mama loved pictures. But it was so hard for my mama to get up and down those steps. She was losing breath. So we finally had to give her the bedroom right next to our bedroom. And we fixed it up really, really nice for my mama. And so we had to get her big oxygen tanks. It was big oxygen tanks that we filled up with oxygen. And we had to take it with us as I take her back and forth to the doctor. And we finally had to get her a wheelchair because it was just, she would get so out of breath just walking a few steps. And my cousin, he called, my cousin Eddie Lee, he called from California and he asked me, he said, cousin, can you get my children? Because by then he had had um, another child by evil, uh, named Lena. She was so beautiful. And uh, they took her um, when she was born because she had cocaine and meth in her system. So they took her as soon as she was born. They didn't even let her go home um, with her mama. So he said, can you, you know, get my children? So I said, well, I have to talk it over with my husband. So I asked my husband, can we get them? And he told me the same thing he said when we was keeping foster children. It's going to be basically you, you know, spending the most time with them. So you can, you know, if that's what you want to do, I'm going to support you. So we had to, since we already had went through the classes, I had to show a doctor report that my mother had a terminal illness and that she couldn't go through the classes because everyone that's 18 and older had to go through the classes. And also I had to take my mama to get a, t get a criminal background test. And I remember taking her downtown to get fingerprinted. And so I bought a baby bed and I just kept praying and praying, God bless, that we'll be able to get Lena and Bjorn And then their mother had got locked up. And when she was locked up, she had another little baby. His name was Eddie. She had him while she was incarcerated, and they took him time he was born. So those was three children. So as they was getting everything ready and I was going downtown and to the Department of Children's Services downtown um, to get everything ready for me to get them because... I said, you know, I didn't want them to stay foster children. You know, we want to just adopt them. This uh, is our family, you know. So finally they called when, you know, and uh, the caseworker was like, Miss Malone, when when I went to the hospital, I was expecting to see a biracial baby, but uh, he's Caucasian. 
And um, I, t- I said, I don't care what color he is. He family. And I want the family to be together. So it don't matter what color he is. So it's another caseworker. She called and told me the same thing. She said, Miss Malone, when we went to the hospital, we was um, expecting to see a biracial baby, but he is Caucasian. And I know how you all are in Tennessee. And I, I told her, it don't matter what color he is, he family. And we want the family to be together and stay together. So uh, we went through the process. And so finally, you know, we went and talked to our pastor, Pastor Maples. And so uh, he gave us his blessings. And this was be my first time ever riding on a plane. So I was really, really, really nervous. And when we went, it was um, close to a Halloween. And they had a cold orange because of the terrorist alert. Uh, the terrorist alert. The uh, And it was just so, I was so scared. They were saying cold orange and whoo, I was so scared and nervous. But we got on that plane, and then we had a layover in Colorado. So we had to get off that plane, wait for the other plane, get back on another plane, then go to California, San Diego. So when we was in San Diego, California, um, we met Eddie Lee there, and we stayed at a motel. And as we stayed at a motel, it was an earthquake. It was a small earthquake, but it was mighty to me because that was my first time ever feeling an earthquake. And it, when I felt that earthquake, I said, I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to go home now. I was scared. So when we went and seen Bjarnabo for the first time, he had a long plant. He, him and, and Lena, they was living with some Hispanic peoples. They had them in foster care. And Bionabo ran to the door, and it was so beautiful. He had this long ponytail, so, so beautiful. And then we seen Lena. She was close to 18 months. She was eating on some uh, dry, shredded wheat. And when she don't get her way, she'll like, she'll just growl when she didn't get her way. And so we went and took them to the park and came and brought them back home. And then when we went to see Eddie, he was living with another lady, um, and she had other foster children and children that she had adopted. And Eddie, he was close to six months. He had these big, beautiful green eyes. I mean, they were so beautiful. And he was looking at me like, it's just like he was saying, are you going to take care of me? It was just so beautiful. And uh, 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 so we got a chance to spend time with him. So when it's got time for us to get him, we was able to get them and board the plane. And this time, we didn't have a layover. We was able to catch the plane and come straight to Memphis. And when we got in Memphis, we was just greeted with our church, just blessed us. They threw us a, a baby shower for all three of the children. And Pastor Maples, he said, they're ours now. I mean, God is so good. And God let me know. To you know, when I talk to the children, to let them know that we are adopted into the body of Christ, and we cry out, "Abba Father!" Hallelujah! We cry out, "Abba Father!" And and it was just so beautiful. And so we brought them home, 
And because the, the caseworker said, get you some rest because you're going to need it. Because Lena, she was 18 months. When we finalized the adoption, she was 18 months. Eddie was six months. And Bionna Bo was three. And so Lena and Eddie was in Pampers. So I had two children in Pampers. And also I had my mother that was in a wheelchair. And so it was, it was, and, and my husband, he had to work. So I had to literally take my mama to the doctor, try my best, you know, get that wheelchair in the car, get, get her out, get, help her in the wheelchair with this long oxygen tank on a container on the back of the wheelchair while she hold Eddie in her lap. While I'm trying to hold Lena with one hand and push the wheelchair with one hand, and while I'm trying to tell Bo, come on, stay close to me, as I would take my mama back and forth to the lung doctor and to the heart doctor. And finally, I remember taking my mama to the doctor, and she said, what's my diagnosis? And he said, well, we call it lung cancer. He said, we give you six months to a year to live. And that was the most devastating news that we have ever had in our lives. And so, but my mama, she said, I don't have no lung cancer. So she did not get any kind of chemo, radiation, any kind of treatments like that. So I would take her back and forth to the lung doctor. And finally, the doctor, one day he just said, I can't do nothing else for you, just Go home and be thankful that you got a family that care about you. So I remember just coming on home and our pastor, Pastor Perry Maples, he had a a church revival, an end time revival right there on Elvis Presley in the shopping center area. And he said, anybody that come up on the shadow of a tent, the tent, God going to bless with a miracle. And I had been asking my mama to come and go to church with me, and she wouldn't come. So finally, one day I was getting ready because the, the revival went on for, I think, about a week or over a week. And um, one day I was getting ready, and she said, you going to get my clothes ready too? And I said, yeah, Ma, I didn't know you wanted to go. She said, yes. So I got her clothes ready, and she went to the revival with me. I got her in the, the wheelchair and pushed her on in her and they they prayed for her. The pastors, Possum Maples and the pastors, they gathered around my mama. They prayed for her and she got out that wheelchair and she started running back and forth, back and forth. And she sat down next to the mother. She was not even out of breath. She began to talk to them. And my jaw just like <gasps> I just was so shocked. I was just looking like, wow, cause usually when my mama take a few walk you know steps she out of breath but she running up under this tent and sitting next to the mothers and not even out of breath and she pushed her own wheelchair to the car got on the phone called my brother told my brother she had been running up under the tent and so we put her wheelchair in the storage garage and it stayed there and so mama she was getting her strength back and stuff and and so, finally, I had seen where they got some oxygen 
where it's just a little small container. You can just get the oxygen. It'll last for hours and hours. So my mama called the people, and they changed the oxygen thing. And they also, they was uh, talking so she can get her little scooter thing, her motorized scooter. And so they did that also. And my mama, she started walking a little. And the woman next door, our best neighbor we ever had, Miss Stacks, uh, uh, old Caucasian lady, she was so nice. She would um, joke with my mama and tell my mama, now you stay off that corner now. You know better than being on that corner. <laughs> it's so beautiful. And so my mama, I would buy her cashews and pecans, and she was love to eat that. And and so Lena, she would uh, feed Lena the pecans and feed Bo and Eddie the pecans. And, and then I would give them raisins, too. It could help them, you know, use the restroom real good, too. And so my mama was just a blessing. She was just a blessing to our family. You know, she, she had really blessed us, helping me with the children. And God just really worked a miracle. And so when the tent revival was over, we we went back to Pastor Deliverance Temple. And my mama came to church with me. And she was taking LASIK pills. It's like fluid pills that you have to go back and forth to the restroom. And I was helping her go back and forth to the restroom and she said, baby, I know you're tired of me. She said, just let me just sit right out here. I can hear Pastor Maples out here. She said, I don't want to be a burden on you. I said, no, mama, you're not no burden on me. You you know, if you got to use the bathroom, I will help you use it. And so then I helped her back in. And he said, if anybody want the Holy Ghost, come to the front. And my mama, she walked up to the front. And he said, Mother, God worked a miracle for you up under that tent. And so he laid hands on her and prayed for her. And Sister Lophelia was tearing with her. Said, call on Jesus. She was calling on Jesus. And she began to speak in tongue. And Sister Lophelia said, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. And my friend, Sister Moody, she was sitting behind she was sitting close by and she she said i wanted she said i was right there when miss marie got filled with the holy ghost sister moody was such a good good friend of mine and so she was right there to witness when my mama got filled with the holy ghost and that monday and then um, my mama wanted to be baptized in the name of jesus and pastor maple said they're gonna come there that monday and baptize her when they can take good time and take their time and baptize her and they asked her, did she want the oxygen off? We came there that Monday. And she said, yes, yeah, she want the oxygen off. So they took the oxygen off. And he taught her about the baptism in Jesus' name. And he baptized her in Jesus' name. And when he did, she had this beautiful glow, like a light. Like somebody just shined a light on her face. And she said, I'm saved now. God have saved me. And God had filled her with the Holy Ghost. And she was baptized in Jesus' name. And she was getting on the phone and just calling so many people, telling them that she had been filled with the Holy Ghost and saved. And so they gave my mama six months to a year to live. But my mama lived six years after. And she just amazed the doctor when she would go to her heart doctor, because she wouldn't go to the lung doctor no more, because he said it wasn't nothing else he could do. 
But when she would go to the heart doctor, they would ask her, have she been spitting up blood? Have she been nauseated? She said, no, she just confounded the doctors. And so one day my mama, she, um, she was sitting on the toilet and my mama had a stroke while she was sitting on the toilet. And my brother went in trying to help her off the toilet, but he couldn't. So we called an ambulance. And when the ambulance came, they took her on and I got in my car and, and going on to the hospital. And as I made it there, they had already cut her house coat off and they had her arms strapped down and they had her own life support. And they had told my brother that he had to go talk to the chaplain. And so they had my mama on life support. So my good friend, Sister Nisi, she came with me and she prayed for my mama. I thank God for her. And so one Sunday when I came out, they said, yo, mama, she breathing mostly on her own. We're going to take the oxygen off of her. So they told us we had to step out the room and they took the oxygen off. And when me and my brother went back in the room, she told me, she said, Tammy, I was ready to leave here. She said, because I didn't want to be no burden on you. I said, Mama, you're not no burden on me. I said, God wants you to spend every day living and not dying. And my brother said, Mama, I couldn't have took it if you had to live. Mama, I couldn't have took it. And my mama said, I must be still here for a reason. And so they released my mama the next day. And we bought my mama home. And after that, my mama got a chance to see a grandchild she had never seen before. A great-grandchild, I mean, her great-granddaughter. Her grandson daughter, my brother's son, oldest son daughter. She got a chance to see her. She had never seen her before. And my mama got a chance to do so many wonderful things. And she said, I, she said, all my life, I've been looking for love. I search everywhere except heaven above. She said, God is the love that I was looking for. And he was there all the time, my first love. And she was just going and just witnessing of Jesus Christ. She was so happy. And so on Thanksgiving 2009, the family just gathered over my house, and we had cooked, and my mama was so happy. And she was playing games, 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 because my mama, she loved to play games. She would play games, play games, play games. She would play Scrabble, Monopoly. She loved Scrabble. She would play Scrabble by herself. She would play Jeopardy and win. I mean, she would win. She would win. She was so intelligent. She loved to play games. She taught me how to play cards. And my mama, she just made people feel at home. When our auntie them came from St. Louis and my family, they would come stay. When, when we lived in the big house, they would come stay and we would give them our bed while we slept on the couch or the floor or whatever. And my mama just made them feel at home. And so, and she would just play, play cards and play. So mama was just playing games at the house. And, and sister Nisa would come over and talk to my mama and give my mama gifts. And sister Nisa's son, Timothy, would come over there and just stay for hours and hours and hours just playing games with my mama, Monopoly and, and 
playing Scrabble and just playing so many games with her. She would love it. So this particular day in November, the family came over. The friends was gathered. They were just playing games, games, games. And so afterwards, we was going to Mississippi to my husband people's. They live in Mississippi, so we were going to spend the rest of Thanksgiving with them. It was getting close to the evening, so we was going down there. And so we went on, and David, him, and Misha, they came back, and uh, they came and spent more time with Mama. They bought cakes. David had fixed caramel cakes for my Mama, and he came over, and he had bought my Mama something else, and he loved because my mama helped raise David, so David was closer to my mama than than he was me. So he would tell her deep things that he wouldn't even tell me. So he just spent so much time with my mama. And so that night we got back home, and in the wee hours of the morning, my mama, she woke me up. She said, Tammy, I can't hardly breathe. She said, turn my oxygen up. So, and she was patting herself, and I was turning the auction up, and I called the ambulance. And so she's, and so I said, Mom, we got to go to the hospital. So she was like, Well, get, get my medicine, get my purse. And, uh, you know, I was getting all the stuff. And, and so when the ambulance came, they got my mama, and I got in my car, and I called David, and I was, you know, letting, the, you know, letting, letting David know, letting my family know. I called my, my god mama, called my friend. And um, so I was driving behind the ambulance, and the ambulance stopped because my mama heart had stopped, and they resuscitated her. And so finally, they um took my mama um to the to the hospital, and they was working on her, working on her, working on her. And I remember that so long that I just kept praying that my mama wouldn't die, that she would stay, you know, with us and. Finally, you know, God showed me how I was selfish, you know, to just want my mama to stay here when really she was suffering. So instead of praying that prayer, I said, God, let your will be done. And when I asked God to let his will be done, that's when the doctor came out and said, we, we can't we can't do anymore. She gone. Jesus, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. And I remember going in there, seeing my mama, I, my, 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 one of my good friends, Sister Taylor. She walked in that room with me. And for me to see my mama for the first time, like blood was coming out of her nose. Because they had been trying to work on her so long, trying to resuscitate her. God have mercy. God have mercy. For me to see my mama, for me to see my mama like that, my God, God have mercy, Jesus, to me to see my mama like that, oh God, God, it was so hurtful, that was my mama, and when my mama is just like, God, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. Oh, God. Mercy, sister. Oh, God. It was just like, I was just like in a shock. It was like, I. It was just like, I was just like in a shock. Like, I got God. Have mercy. It's so. 
they said that the funeral home was going to come pick my mama up. And I had to go home and get the paperwork. <laughs> insurance and stuff. And as I went home and looking in a closet, I seen letters that my mama had written me about her death. Because my mama kept trying to tell me about when she died. And I was like, Ma, I don't want to talk about it and mama like baby i'm not afraid to die and she was even telling a good friend about sister moody she was like i'm ready to go i'm ready and then sister moody was telling her like miss marie you still your work ain't done and mama's like i'm ready and so mama she had already had letters written out she had a letter written out to my husband thanking him so much for allowing her to just live with us and for he was just like a son and she had written me a letter and just thanking me for being a father just and being the daughter that she was so proud of and then she just had a letter for David saying how much she loved him and just of Tamara or she had a letter for Jasmine and Jessica she she just had letters just written she had a song a song a church song that she had she had her own poem she had already planned her death she had already had poems that she had feel like that she was gonna leave her and she had letters that I found in her joy later that she had written me and so, I was, I said, God, I, I need your strength. And so, my, my friend, Sister Taylor, she came right over, was helping me with my children cleaning up. And Jessica, she was right there. She was right there with me, just spending the most time with me. Because I was like, I was, I was in a shock. I was in a total shock. My hair was sticking up. I didn't even have a good bra on. I just had a shirt on with my bristles. Like, it just... And... The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.